Welcome to Mortification of Spin, a casual conversation about things that count. With Carl Truman, Todd Pruitt, and Amy Bird. Mortification of Spin is a weekly podcast from the Alliance of Confessing Evangelicals. Let's join this week's conversation. You are listening to Mortification of Spin. My name is Todd Pruitt, and I'm joined as always by my co-hosts, Carl Truman and Amy Bird. And we are living in interesting days, to say the least. We are in the midst of the uh, COVID-19 plague. It's been really, really interesting how this has played out, going from something that we were thinking, well, you know, it's a little bit of a, maybe a troublesome flu, but, uh, you know, we always weather that well and we'll be fine. And uh, to the point where it was declared a global pandemic, and now we have whole entire cities um, in uh, in shutdown mode and uh, uh, local businesses and restaurants and coffee shops uh, closing down to the public. It could well have, well, it already is having significant uh, economic impact, but there's also, of course, a spiritual impact because churches have been hit by this. We talked in an earlier episode about just the challenge of doing worship together uh, when you can't actually be together and some of the things that the church is is doing to try to to have a temporary stopgap for that. But we want to talk a little bit more on the subject specifically um, in terms of what it means to faithful church membership, being a part of the body of Christ, what does that look like in a time where you're supposed to be away from everybody? Uh, What does it look like to be a a faithful Christian, a faithful member of Christ's church when um, all of the experts are saying, go home and don't go outside? Well, this presents obviously some some problems with our discipleship, because just in the same way as, as, as it did when we talked about worship, discipleship is an embodied thing. I mean, we, we do things with our bodies, uh, so to speak, in terms of following Christ and serving one another and, uh, and living out our calling as, as Christians. So, we want to talk a little bit about what this might look like in terms of how we serve, how we give, how we uh, love our neighbors, um, what does it look like, and, and to what extent does faithfulness uh, to to obey the, the the civil leaders, civil magistrate. What you know? What does that look like? But anyway, let's open that up, uh, Carl and Amy, and in thinking about what is what is Christian discipleship and membership in Christ's body look like in a in a time of of pandemic when everybody's saying keep your distance and and even to the extent possibly of staying at home. Let's think about it first of all just in terms of our relationships with our brothers and sisters in Christ and our fellowship with our brothers and sisters in Christ. What's the challenge here and what might be some temporary stopgap solutions during this time. Yeah. I mean, we're not seeing each other on Sunday morning and having that right. weekly check-in right. and just that intimate worship together. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're also not meeting with our small groups probably. Right. right. <laughs> and, and what's interesting about that, Amy, is mm-hmm. that just, just a couple weeks ago, like, I, and it was probably the same conversation with folks at your church as we had at our church, which is, well, okay, we're going to need to do something different with the worship services, but you know, small groups can probably right. get together and meet. And, and, mm-hmm. and that was just a few weeks ago, people were saying, ah, just avoid groups of a hundred. Yeah. Well, that changed real quick. Well, in Maryland, it started at 250. 
Yeah. Yeah. Under 250. And then it went like within a week to right. like 10. <laughs> to 10. And now they're saying, just don't leave your house. All that changed in two weeks. Uh, I mean, yeah. it's, it is crazy. So yeah, you're not meeting in your small groups. You're not doing your Wednesday night Bible study mm-hmm. or, you know, all these other things. So does discipleship get put on hold? <laughs> right, does the right. communion of saints get totally put on mm-hmm. hold too? Um, mm-hmm. How is your church thinking through that specific issue of fellowship? Well, you know, I'm not on the session. I don't know exactly everything that they're deciding right, right now because, you know, it's, it's changing day by day, really, right, on, right. On, and thinking of things to do. We have the virtual service going and we have a Facebook group. You know, one of the first things done was our small groups wanted to make sure that we're checking in on uh, singles, widows, you know, people yeah. who might need supplies mm-hmm. right now and just things done for them. So uh, making sure that that's happening. But, you know, one thing I think that the, the members themselves kind of get creative. And so I, I think I'm an extroverted introvert mm-hmm. because there's part of me that is like blossoming right now. Right, <laughs> I have to stay right. at home. Like I am producing some major stuff right. writing and study wise. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, on the other hand, yeah, I, I deeply miss my friends and my connections and want to check in on them. So uh, Matt and I started doing virtual happy hours okay. with people in the church. And so explain that. What do you, what do you guys do? So we, you know, checking in on, on some of our friends there and just, uh, you know, people that we share more personal prayer requests with and hang out with on a regular basis. You know, yeah. some of our tight friendships that we have maybe, um, now, do you do that through Zoom? What do you use? So we've just been using FaceTime. Okay, we are yeah, doing yeah. a Zoom thing tonight with a, with a group. Okay. So, uh, mm-hmm. you know, and that, that's just for fun and fellowship, yep. Yep. but also, you know, in the happy hour, we get to kind of combination of both, you know, we're yeah. catching up and, uh, talking about how crazy everything is. Mm-hmm. And then also personally, like here's some, you know, some, some people are really, you know, own small businesses and are losing, right. you know, losing major income right now and, right. um, you know, have a lot of stress. So we're seeing how we can pray, uh, you know, and, and, as a family, all of a sudden, we don't have sports in the evenings. It's, it's like something to lament because it's my mm-hmm. daughter's senior year. Right. And, mm-hmm. you know, you work your whole life for, you know, a kid. They think about their right. senior season. And here she's right. losing her senior softball season. Really stinks. But at the same time, and then my, my other daughter, you know, she goes to James Madison University. She was on spring break when all this happened. Yeah. That got extended. And now it's stay home and do it on the internet. So one nice thing is that we are actually home together around the table every single night and we've instituted a better family prayer life. It's great. Again, that we haven't had in a while in all the craziness as Mm -hmm. far as, you know, it was just more rushed. And so some unintended blessing there. Yeah. I mean, we're here. Absolutely. Yeah. So um, we can pray as a family for these people in the church too. And and it's interesting to see like how God's answered some of those prayers already, which is really cool. So it's interesting because I think I'm looking to my kids too, some to learn a little bit more about how to connect, Absolutely, (laughs) uh, you know, through technology. Uh, My husband is an educator. He's a teacher. So he's having to use a schoolology or something like that. And my son's like, Oh, well, I use that, you know, already. Mm-hmm. So let me show you. <laughs> right. I mean, he doesn't know the teaching end of it, but mm-hmm. I mean, there's just like cool ways that we're connecting. Yeah. So um, fellowship wise. Yeah. You're just, you're taking advantage of some of the technology available so that you can at least see people's faces, pray with them. Seeing their faces is important. And you yeah. know, texting is great and, and we can do it. And 
there's more and more like, you know, I miss my small group people. I miss right. so many other friends that I haven't connected with yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and we have, I know at our church, we've got some Bible studies and some small groups that are, are using Zoom. And mm-hmm. the, the people I've heard from saying, you know, obviously it's not ideal, but it went okay and we're going to keep doing it. And so, you know, may their tribe increase. Mm-hmm. I hope that, yeah. you know, it continues to be a, an encouragement for them that way. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's definitely, a, I think, a, a decent option. It's not, you know, you want to be embodied. We were saying mm-hmm. that in mm-hmm. one of our other podcasts. Mm-hmm. You can connect at least. Right. So, okay. So, think, think about then, um, and, and you, you alluded to this a couple times, Amy, but let's think a little bit about then that, that part of our membership in Christ's body that, that makes us, um, you know, have responsibilities toward each other. In, in mm-hmm. ministering to each other and serving mm-hmm. each other. What are some ways and what are some things that you all have seen that are kind of helping people to serve in a time where, where we're having to take enormous measures to be more careful than what we're used to? Maybe my question would be two part. Where are we seeing the, the biggest challenge in potentially dropping the ball and, and not mm-hmm. serving well in, in that? But, but what are some ways that, that perhaps we're seeing or that we could see uh, uh, service to one another? Uh, be facilitated during this time that that we can still accomplish? I think one of the biggest challenges will probably be financial Mm -hmm. uh, on two fronts. One, uh, my experience, I wasn't a pastor, I was just a pastor for six years. My experience of being a pastor each year was that when there was a month with a snow day, when when you had to cancel services because of the snow, and that was typically only once, maybe twice tops Mm -hmm. in the years that I was pastor, uh, you lost money. That Let's say one Sunday out of the four that month was canceled due to snow. You maybe only got 80, 85% of your typical budget in. Almost as if because the church isn't meeting, people assume they're not having to give for that week. Well, (laughs) you know, at the moment, pastor's still preparing his sermons. The mm-hmm. the bills are still coming in. The lease still needs to be paid. The appeals, the appeals for help from the others. Well, that's in. it because you know, within yeah. within days of this current crisis descending, I believe at the church where I worship in Grove City, members of the congregation were being laid off. Yep, uh, mm-hmm. and their income sources were drying up, which naturally imposes greater stress, poses a greater challenge for the deacons fund. So my big worry in this, uh, in this environment is that people won't give as they normally give. It's always struck me as odd, you know, when, you know, if there's a snow day and you miss church service, I just put in, twice the following week right, you know right. it's not as if oh great you know i i get to not not give my tie this <laughs> that week. week never happened that week <laughs> never happened. no uh i mean we all know there are people who turn up to church week after week and never put anything in the collection right. that's a different issue entirely you know those mm-hmm. people need to be popped on the head frankly uh, <laughs> how many of them do but i'm thinking of, of people who give regularly but for some reason have this idea that if the church isn't meeting yeah. you know it's not like well i went to the cinema and it was closed so i didn't have to pay to see the movie kind right. of thing okay. this is the church we're mm. talking about and it has uh well we have an obligation as christians to give yeah. and the church has an obligation to materially support uh, the weakest and most vulnerable members of the right. of the church community. So my big concern is giving 
if you're listening today and you're thinking, well, that's great, you know, I'm saving money because I'm not going to church, please don't think that way. Right. Uh, try to get <laughs> in touch with the church. And find, I'm not going yeah, to church. <laughs> find out how you can deposit your money to your church. If right. your church doesn't do that, send your checks to me, <laughs> to me and I will make sure that they are dispatched in a godly fashion. Right. To say yeah. A worthy I've, Christian right. cause. Yeah. I've said yeah. this before, and, and you push back, and, and so go ahead and push back again. Um, but uh, <laughs> I think yeah, that's rubbish, push. Amy. Please don't <laughs> go ahead and push back again. Mm-hmm. But I like the act of giving during the worship service. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it feels worshipful to me to do it. Like cause some people will give online. And so right. I have said once, well, I prefer to do it mm-hmm. during the worship service. Mm-hmm. However, you know, now I'm having to do it online, obviously yeah. for one thing, it's way easier. <laughs> Yeah. Was push, I push a button and like PayPal takes care of the whole thing. Yeah. Um, I don't have to write a check or anything like that. But, you know, I found myself doing it this week on Tuesday yeah. Yeah. <laughs> instead of Sunday. And, mm-hmm. and yeah. so then I'm just like, it's kind of the same as like not being there for worship. I, don't yeah. know. I, I, I understand what you're saying. And I remember us talking about this a while ago and, and it's not so much that I push. I mean, we, we choose to give online because I don't want to forget and I want to make sure that we give like we're supposed to. And that just helps us. But I do understand why some folks go, you know what? There's something about bringing um, the tithes and the offerings myself and, and writing that check or, or putting the, the envelope in, in the offering plate in that like service. You're coming with yeah, I totally, I totally understand together. that. Yeah, I, don't know. I totally understand that. I, I mean, honestly, that would be my first choice. I think I know one of the main reasons why we chose years ago to start giving online as soon as that became available is because we found that we, we, we give more because, <laughs> yeah. because, because we never miss mm-hmm. a Sunday. Yeah. Either because of miscommunication. And that's that always kind of the worst. You can get and, stressed out in the morning being like, right. did you, you know, yeah. you have the check. Did you write the check? And not everybody needs that help. I need that help. And so, mm-hmm. so it's been good for me. But I, 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 I can get, believe that, Todd. I, I, <laughs> yeah, we both, we we're aware of your memory. Uh, <laughs> yes, I understand. Yes. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, but now, you know, and, and, and again, now more than ever, because we're talking about, okay, so um, this will be our first Sunday, you know, along with, I, I'm sure most of the churches in America that are doing something other than a, than a corporate gathering now. And this could last, this could go into May. We were just hearing some things today that are indicating that this could go possibly into May. Now, Carl was absolutely right. You miss one Sunday because of snow and your budget oftentimes doesn't fully recover from that. What happens when you miss a month or five weeks or six weeks or eight weeks? You know, the, the, and, and, and at that point then, you have then simultaneously more needs rising up in the church because people, because of this situation, their businesses are failing. Well, that's they got, what I was they, say. they got laid off. Some people just can't afford what they could and before. Exactly. And so you have a bit of a perfect storm happening mm-hmm. where income to the church is going down, but needs and requests within the church are going up perhaps even quite dramatically mm-hmm. um, here in these days. And so that's going to require that pastors and elders have, have real honest, frank conversations with their church to say, look, here's the deal. Um, I, I know that nobody likes to be told you need to give more money, you know, that kind of thing, because preachers get tagged with all of that kind of nonsense. But it, it really is a, a, a pressing issue. And we're talking about uh, ministry here. Your church, the, the elders and deacons of your church, whoever you are out there, are going to be getting more requests for help in these days ahead than probably far more than they typically get 
in a typical year. Don't, don't you think that's probably true? Oh, yeah. Yeah, undoubtedly. And when you add to that, that a lot of churches also serve to some extent the wider non-church community. Right, you know, right. If you're a pastor of a church, you know that the people coming and knocking on the church door for help aren't just your church members. Exactly. As, as this thing devastates communities, mm-hmm. the pressure coming to the church from outside will also increase. That's mm-hmm. not to say that every church prioritizes the people on the outside the same as the people on the inside, but... Mm-hmm. It is a factor to take yes, into is. account, and, yeah, uh, and I think um, needs to be taken mm-hmm. very, very seriously. So, so one way that we follow Christ well during these times is to continue to give so the deacon and the members of your church can continue to minister rising needs within the church. What about, what about in, and again, along the same line of ministering to each other in a time of plague, how do we think about um, Older people who, they're not in an assisted living facility, they're living on their own, but, but now suddenly they being in a very high risk group have to take especially careful precautions and they don't have any milk anymore at the house or they, they ran out of uh, bread. And uh, suddenly now we, we need to be thinking about some real basic yeah. types of ways. It's, it's interesting. Uh, I was called by the elder under whose care my wife and I are at our church. And uh, one of the things he said was, you know, if you're nervous about going shopping, young people in the church have set up these teams to go shopping for people. Of course, I felt, you know, at 53, you know, I'm not, I'm not quite clamoring into my coffee just yet, but I appreciate the, you know, appreciate the thought. But, but, but I did, but I thought that was a very prudent yeah. in that yeah. we're not a church with a lot of resources, but we've got some good young people. We know that by and large, young people are much more resilient in the face of this illness than even somebody who's in his early 50s. Right. Uh, that struck me as a very simple thing to do. Yes. Uh, and of course, you can always you know, leave a pint of milk at the door. You mm-hmm. don't have to have any physical contact. It seems to me that that's a very simple thing that churches could do for the older folk in their midst. Mm-hmm. Have teens, groups of, of younger people giving of their time to, to serve the older in, in a very precious and important way. Yeah. I mean, you may not want to fight, you know, a 75-year-old doesn't want to fight their way through the hordes to get that last roll of toilet paper. Right. You know, maybe you could send in a young guy to, mm-hmm. to sort of do the business on, on that, that kind right. of thing. So I think that's sort of a very simple, yeah. simple move helps mm-hmm. meet. That's an easier one to solve than the financial one, really, because right. all churches have manpower. What they don't necessarily have is limitless material, mm-hmm. monetary resources, of course. Right. Yeah. One of the ways that we're leveraging technology right now in terms of this is that uh, on our website, you can go and uh, you can, if, if you've got a need, then there's a, a place where you can click on that'll take you into a portal where you can describe, hey, here's, here's our need right now. And, and then that's sent to a committee of folks with some deacons who help then do triage uh, about the various needs that are coming that's in. That's wonderfully yeah. organized. Well, then, then, then there's one other thing right next to it. If you are going, hey, I'm pretty healthy, I can help. Well, you can click on that and that'll take you to a portal where, where you're put in a database so that, hey, so-and-so needs groceries and we've got this list of names now yeah. of people. And, and right now, the hey, I'm here to serve is way, way outpacing the other 
one. Oh, so as, as time goes Thank on, as time goes on, so wonderful. the needs present are, are going to rise. But but we've yeah. been right. really heartened by the number of people saying, yep, yeah, put me down for something. There's some ways that I'll be able to help. So and that, that captures nicely, I think, that bit in Acts about they held all things in common. Right. You know, essentially what's being projected there is idea everybody understood they were connected to everybody else and right. one man's problem was another man's problem yep. we all work together in this so that's great do you also have one of those screens todd where you put your hand up against the screen and, <laughs> and your congregants can kind of touch take your hand and get contact. the blessings yes yeah. make the point of contact yes. people <laughs> yeah, i am going to ask a related question <laughs> to that joke uh -huh. yeah are you still giving a benediction uh, you know, okay, so that's a good question. So in our in our recorded mm -hmm. uh, services, so to speak, do I do I do a benediction? Well, I do. I do a benediction. I thought about that. I thought, okay, yeah. so, but I, I thought, you know what? Yeah, it's it's the spoken word, and I received some messages over the last two weeks. People specifically thanking me for that. Uh, specifically thanking that 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 element wasn't left out. So I thought, huh? Okay, okay. It's interesting. Yeah, my pastor's still doing it, and I yeah, yeah. I appreciate it as well. Even if we're being, yes. you know, blessed to go now to the kitchen instead of the you know living mm -hmm. room. But yeah. I mean. I, I do appreciate it. Still. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know if our church is doing this every week, but last week was the first week we're online yep. and it, it was a live streamed as a service. Mm -hmm. And there were actually nine or 10 people there. There was just the, the, the sort right. of the maximum allowed to be in a building yes. were there so that what was actually happening was a real worship service right. mm -hmm. and a real benediction was given mm -hmm. at the end. And the rest of yeah. us were watching online, which was same you know, thing. It's, it's not ideal, mm -hmm. but it, it wasn't purely a, you know, switching in to watch a video. Right. That's not a criticism what you're doing, Todd. No. Complete, and we, and we completely have understand people. the need yeah. to do stuff in advance to make sure there right. are no glitches. Yeah, because yeah, I mean, we actually we, did have a glitch. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Which yeah. is a disaster. As I look out there, you know, there are uh, six or seven people present who are there helping, yeah. but, but, but during the sermon, they sit down and they listen to the sermon. When and I give, that's probably such yeah. a blessing for you yeah. too, because... Yeah. Yeah. When, oh when, I, when I give the benediction, you know, they mm -hmm. stand there, they, they, they hold out their hands to receive the benediction. Yeah. So, yeah, so it doesn't feel canned mm -hmm. in that yeah. sense, which is, yeah. which is good. Yeah. 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 I mean, I think as far as like when we're talking about putting discipleship on hold, the preached word and the benediction, right. that's where discipleship starts, right. Right. you know? Yeah. So um, I think that's, you know, a core thing that mm -hmm. is still continuing to happen yeah. there. That yes. Super important. We can't think about discipleship being being on hold. God is sovereign. Mm -hmm. Right. This virus is ultimately within the sphere of God's sovereignty. I yes. don't want to speculate about why it's happening, right. mm -hmm. but God is still sovereign. And God is not saying, okay, people, you get three months off being discipled at this right. point, and then we'll, we'll all be back in three months' time. <laughs> no, yeah. you, learn, well, you learn from these circumstances. Oh, yes. man. So think of people in you know, many, many Christians over the centuries have been held in solitary confinement yes. or in mm -hmm. prisons, and they've not been able to get to worship services, mm -hmm. period. Mm. Of course, they're continuing to be cared for by the Lord, continuing yeah. to be discipled. What we're going through now is, you know, in the grand scheme of church history, I would say, for those who, who aren't affected by the mortality of this disease, it's a major inconvenience. Right. It's not a devastating tragedy for this most of us. Yeah, That's this not, is not the, the little the deaths. No, no, no. But this but is for not most the bubonic of us, plague. Yeah. This will be filed under huge inconvenience right. in church history. For the vast majority yeah. of us. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's absolutely true. And, you know, you think about, you know, 
you think about the apostle paul in his times of imprisonment yeah and and the way that churches were able to comfort him they do they did that through written correspondence um they did that through you know visits taking him some things he needed you know some blankets mm-hmm. and the books um and and that sort of thing um and continued financial support for the mission and so there's some definite uh you know you read the book of philippians you know he's writing it from from prison and the way that that church cared for him in practical ways when they couldn't actually be with him that's kind of the underlying narrative of the letter to the philippian church yeah, yeah. Um, and so there's some good lessons uh, for us there and and i would just throw out one more thing just in terms of what we might learn i i, I just came back a little while ago from recording the sermon that we'll post tomorrow. And my text was uh, Luke 13, one through five, um, repent or you all shall all likewise perish, you know? And, and one of the things I said was, you know, we, we certainly want to hear comforting words in these times because the Bible gives us comforting words in these times, but the Bible also gives us hard words in these times as well. And Jesus in thinking about those two different calamities, the collapse of the tower and Pilate's action of slaughtering the Galilean pilgrims, you know, Jesus cautioned them to uh, to not draw a direct line between any sins those people might have committed to, to earn that, but but rather to to look at themselves and to say, you know, you repent. The, the times of mm. of of my coming are 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 there. The the signs of of the coming judgment are there. And so you be about the business of repenting. You look at your heart, and and all through chapter twelve, before he gets to that place, is just one little warning after the next about the master's coming back so be ready be prepared um the fig tree what what happens to a fig tree that doesn't bear fruit it's cut down and so it's in the midst of all of that teaching that that those two calamities are named and jesus says your your attitude at this time needs to be one of repentance uh, to look at your own heart and um and that's certainly you know imagine um, you know what 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 kindness would would it be from the lord if he were to to use these weeks or months um to give the world a a more repenting church at the other side of this that would be a a great blessing um and and we would hope and pray towards that end yeah well it's been an interesting discussion uh these are interesting strange times and churches are clearly thinking creatively charitably positively about how to respond to the difficulties we face We do as a team hope that all of you out there found this podcast to some extent helpful. We certainly hope that your churches are rising to the challenge of the immediate pastoral challenges being posed by the the very strange conditions under which we find ourselves worshipping today. Uh, We would encourage you to head over to our website, mortificationofspin.org, where you'll find other resources, theological resources, also uh, an opportunity to Uh, to donate to the Alliance, to keep the podcast running. We'd stress, please don't donate to the Alliance if you're not fulfilling your obligations to your own church. Uh, Clearly, there are priorities always, particularly in times such as this. Other than that, all that remains is to say farewell, and we'll speak to you next week. So finish what you got
Thanks for listening to Mortification of Spin, a podcast of the Alliance of Confessing Evangelicals. To read more on hard-hitting topics like this, visit the podcast page and blog at mortificationofspin.org, where we'll have links and other articles from Amy, Carl, and Todd. And while you're there, please subscribe and consider making a donation. And be sure to listen next time when Carl, Todd, and Amy talk about... As you might know, it didn't start out really as a book. Tim Challies came to me and said, hey, what if we made this into a little book? And I said, will it require any more work from me? (laughs) Good question. And then when the answer was basically very little, I was like, okay, I'll do it. That interview is next time. Join us then. So what is Nayara busy getting the pastries or what's going on? Oh, she's stockpiling guns and toilet paper, I tell you. Mm. Nobody's going to tear her toilet roll from her cold, dead hands. Hey, I I sent my husband on an hour drive yesterday (laughs) to get toilet paper from his hoarding aunt. Wow. (laughs) So you really can't get it around you, huh? I I can sell you some sheets, you know. Oh, we're we're good now. I just don't get the toilet. But the toilet paper obsession, you know. I don't get that. You can always shower. I mean, it's not. You shower and you soak. If if we run out of food, we're in real trouble. You know, if you run out of food, you're going to starve to death. But for thousands of years, people survived. I mean, they're laughing at this point. Nobody wants to change the lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. Although we have moved to cabbage, so <laughs> first world problems. I was going to yeah. say that uh, Carl's refrigerator is probably full of cabbage. Actually, I cabbage. find um, the w- once you've eaten all of the uh, the corn off the cob, they're very useful. Oh gosh! Oh, wow. that's, <laughs> hey, it's so gross. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. You don't have to drive too far out of Harrisonburg to find people that still yeah. use corn cobs. I think. So. Oh man. Yeah.